Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week like we are every Sunday at 10 o'clock to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo team at LPT Realty. And um, when we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at the Duncan Duo uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook. Pretty much every social media you can search for at the Duncan Duo, and you will find me and us and talking about uh, all the neat things going on in real estate, neighborhood videos, property videos, and updates uh, and advice for real estate agents. I want to uh, get to talking about something LPT Realty just rolled out recently that I'm really excited about. And it's LPT's luxury marketing plan. And I've been a part of other real estate brokerages before that say, hey, we're going to we're gonna have a luxury presentation for you, you know, and it's a different sign and some different different things that they do for the property. Um, but what I found that was really interesting about LPT and one of the, you know, kind of the things I really like about the company is that at the top of the company is a marketer and he thinks like a lead generator and he thinks like a marketer to help market properties. So all these things he's rolled out through the years, um, you know, with with the, the tools that LPT has are meant to help agents, but also to get more exposure for listings. The whole premise of the company is listing power tools. So it's, it's part of the reason why I brought my team to LPT Realty after 20 years in business, owning my own brokerage, working with other companies. Well, anyway, they rolled out this new luxury marketing plan that I think is one of the coolest things because not only is it, you know, very specific in terms of luxury print materials, collateral and postcards, but the ability to put your property on a billboard, which, um, again, if you drive around Tampa Bay, you've probably seen my billboards. They work. Um, billboards are effective. They're certainly something that uh, I believe in in growing my business. But LPT has launched this luxury format where we can put your luxury property on a billboard. So, um, if if you've got a real estate agent that failed in selling your home and you didn't like the uh, you know the the exposure that it got, uh, you know there's a reason why you know some of the most successful businesses in Tampa Bay, some of the most successful lawyers, some of the most successful um, you know real estate agents, as in myself. It's why we use billboards. It's because it works. It generates traffic. It gets eyes. It gets people's attention. So what we can do is actually determine where in Tampa Bay is you know is likely to move up to where your luxury property is. So for example, we can look at demographic data to determine, hey, look, people are selling $800,000 houses in Carrollwood and buying $2 million properties in South Tampa, or they're selling on the beach and buying here. And we can place a billboard that advertises your property to tens of thousands of people with with billboard placement. So it's, it's really something powerful that I think is um, you know, just unmatched in the industry. You know, there's, there are companies that print magazines and mail them to people's houses, but the likelihood of you opening up that magazine and actually getting to the actual specific property and getting exposure from that is very rare because it's a limited run. When you do a billboard, everyone that drives by is going to see that property. So it's, it is a really cool thing. It's definitely something that we're using to help get our luxury listings more exposure. And speaking of luxury listings, um, you know, the, this approach has definitely helped us generate some uh, some of our coming soon luxury properties. We've just listed a couple this week around nine hundred thousand. We've got an eight hundred and seventy five thousand dollar house uh, just going on the market in South Tampa. Um, we've got a um, two million dollar estate going on the market in Lakeland. We have a two point eight million dollar condo going on the market in downtown St. Pete. Uh, perfect timing for the St. Pete Grand Prix. 
which is LPT's annual event. Um, but but so the, these tools that we have the ability to use are in addition to all the things we're going to do with social media. We're going to talk about our properties on the radio show. We're going to expose them to our um, you know our radio audience, our our um, you know obviously a billboard campaign. We're going to plug them into all the things that we do. Uh, but we get to add some extra oomph behind some luxury properties to uh, to get some extra attention. So. Uh, I think I've never been in a uh, not never, but but it's been a while since I've been in a real estate market where we're getting as many calls from home sellers whose homes failed to sell or whose homes haven't sold. And so what I can tell you is that the market has caused that because again, a lot of real estate agents learned how to list real estate during the, you know, the the run up, uh, you know, the COVID run up where um, there was so much activity in the marketplace that anybody could sell a house. Well, now that that is gone and it takes a little bit more effort, it takes some more marketing, it takes a, a better qualified negotiator and salesperson to help get that home sold, you know, more and more homes are not moving because the agent doesn't have the skill sets or the knowledge of prior markets to be able to do what it takes to get that property exposed. And so because of that, um, we've rolled out some of these things and these luxury tools to get more attention for properties because we know there's people out there whose homes are, are failing to sell because of either the advice they have, the lack of marketing, and certainly it's sometimes the price. So if you're someone that's frustrated, it's, it sometimes just takes a different approach. It takes a different perspective, uh, a different agent, a different marketing strategy, a different brokerage. Um, sometimes it's the price. Sometimes you have a great agent that's doing all those things. But, but ultimately, um, we've been fielding more of those lately than we have in a long time because people are out there disgruntled that their uh, their home isn't you know isn't moving. So um, that's definitely something we're offering some new tools uh, through LPT Realty, and then of course you know, taking what LPT is doing and then on a local level, adding it to what the Dunkin' Duo does. It's the one-two punch to, uh, you know, to help sell homes that's sold thousands and thousands and thousands of homes uh, in my real estate career. So again, you're listening to the Dunkin' Duo Real Estate Show. When we aren't on air, follow us on all of our socials at the Dunkin' Duo. And if you are a past client or an agent, okay, we want to invite you to our client appreciation party. Our client appreciation party is also an agent appreciation party this year. We're doing an Amelie Arena on April 7th. We'll have the Eventbrite link out soon so you can RSVP and register to attend uh, some cool things that we're going to have. Number one, ice skating on the Amelie Arena ice. If you've got kids or simply you would love the opportunity to skate on the same ice that uh, you know, Vassy and Victor Hedman and Steven Stamkos and Kucherov and Braden Point all skate on every week, uh, then you'll have the opportunity to do the same thing. We'll have some cool lightning giveaways, um, jerseys, shirts. We're going to have uh, lots of lightning sign memorabilia, food, uh, prizes, lots of cool stuff happening. So bring your family. It is a family-friendly event. And uh, again, we're inviting all of our past clients, people that bought and sold. Um, we'll be sending that out to our database. We'll be putting it on all of our social channels and real estate agents. We want to show our appreciation for you uh, selling our listings and doing transactions and working with us over the years, we want to show you a good time as well. So you are invited as well. If you're a real estate agent, um, you are welcome to our, attend our event. I'd love to meet you and um, show you a good time. So we'll have the Eventbrite link out soon. And again, save the date. That is going to be Sunday, April 7th from 2 to 6 at Emily Arena. Plug it into your calendar right now. Free event. Um, lots of prizes. And a whole lot of fun for all of our past clients. 
and our uh, our real estate agents. So I want to move next to talking about interest rates. Um, and I, I spoke to um, a client this week who was looking at selling their million dollar home to buy a two million dollar home. So they were they're moving up. And their idea was that they wanted to wait until interest rates dropped pretty dramatically before they transitioned and moved from that million dollar home into the two million dollar home. And I want to kind of explain this because I think a lot of times people make emotional decisions about real estate and they don't drill down or understand the math. But what we've seen is when interest rates drop, prices rise. And most economists are predicting, you know, a half to even a point and a half interest rate drop in the second half of this year. So a lot of people are saying, you know what, maybe I should wait until the second half of the year to buy. And here's what's going to happen. What's going to happen is you're going to see the same thing that happened in prior real estate markets. As interest rates drop, prices are going to rise. You're going to see more bidding wars. You're going to see more and more people losing out and not being able to buy the house that they want because there's seven other people buying it that are vying for it. And you're going to end up getting into a market where you could potentially overpay again and prices are going to rise. The smart money right now is buying now because most lenders today, and if you have a lender that is not doing this, maybe you have the wrong lender, but most lenders are extending an offer or an opportunity to do a free refinance of your loan within a certain period of time. So the best way to take advantage of what's going on is to buy now while prices are kind of stabilized um, and then refinance when when rates drop and prices skyrocket because you'll have equity built in. So if you wait, um, you know, this person said, well, hey, I'll just go ahead and wait so my $1 million house will also go up. But the problem is, is that's assuming you're in a vacuum and your $2 million house doesn't go up. If appreciation happens to be 5 or 10 percentage points, you're going to lose money by waiting because your 1 is going to go to 1.1 and your 2 is going to go to 2.2. So the reality of waiting on interest rates, if you can afford to buy, um, in a lot of ways is a myth because the price increase, especially if you're moving up, will end up offsetting um, by, again, overpaying and, and all those things. So it's, it's better to buy and lock your price in when interest rates are a little higher. If you're a high net worth person and you're waiting for rates to drop, uh, the, the reality is if you're moving up, you're actually going to lose money. So look at the whole picture of that. Don't just look at it from a, a, a window of, hey, my house is going to go up and I'll wait till it goes up a little bit more. Because if you're buying within a similar market, the house you're buying is going to go up too. So Look at that, you know, look at that in a in a bigger way. And I think you'll see that waiting doesn't make sense because if prices rise, it's gonna rise on not just what you're buying, but also on what you're selling. And the reality is, is if you're buying a higher priced property, that uptick um on your on your you know higher priced property is going to be greater than on your lower priced property. So if you're a high net worth individual and you you're wanting rates to drop, look at it a different way. Also factor in what you get. Um, on the money that you've invested into the market. I have a lot of friends that have money in treasury bonds and savings accounts earning around 5% right now on their cash, just their cash, not investments in mutual funds or other aggressive things, but just in their cash making 5%. And the reality is, is that that is going to drop. If interest rates go down, banks aren't going to offer that much anymore. So you, you do, a, do a pure financial analysis of this because I think a lot of people, when they look at interest rates, they say, oh, well, I don't want to pay that much for my house. 
Well, in reality, if you look at you know waiting for interest rates to drop, the interest rate on your cash is probably going to drop too. It's probably not quite the financial difference that you think it is when you move money from one place to another. So look at, you know, work with an economist or a CPA or work with your lender to look at the full financial picture before you make a decision to wait because of interest rates. So hopefully that's helpful for you. Interest rates, again, volatile, they go up, they go down, but there are a lot of people predicting that maybe that doesn't come true, that they drop in the second half of the year. But if you wait, you're going to end up overpaying for the house or getting in a bidding war. So we're going to continue this conversation and be back talking more about the Tampa Bay real estate market after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. If you are thinking about buying a condo, this next segment is for you. If you're thinking about buying a condo, I want to tell you it can be very problematic if you're not looking into the documents into the homeowners association, into the rental regulations that the community has. What I want to explain is that consumers oftentimes get sent the condominium documents and the rules and the bylaws, and they don't read them. So what ends up happening is after the fact, they end up finding out, oh, I can't rent the property or I can't rent the property for a period of time, or I can only rent the property so much. And the condo associations realistically make the regulations about whether or not a condo owner can do certain things in the community. So it's really important if you're going to buy a condo that one, you actually do read the bylaws, the rules and regulations, and you understand and know what you're allowed to do in the condo community. Uh, Number two, Understand the financials of the condo community. The financials in that condo community determine what is going to happen to your payments, what is happening with the insurance in the building, what is going to happen um, in terms of you know turnover and vacancy, and, and all of these things matter. And realistically, in condo communities, it's a popularity contest to see who makes those decisions. So you are putting your asset in the hands of people that may not be business people, may not be real estate people. Um, and may not understand the ramifications of choices that they make that limit your ability to do certain things. Things like a condo community can put into place that they have to approve the buyer for your property. This buyer may have all the money in the world, but the condo association may not like something about this buyer or may find that they think this buyer is going to disturb the community or, or whatever it may be. There are rules and regulations that differ from one condo community to another. A lot of them are challenged legally sometimes, but you want to know what you're signing up for. When you buy a single family home that's not in a homeowners association community, you really are kind of the master of your domain. You get As long as you're not breaking the local ordinances or laws, you don't really have anyone usurping what you can or can't do on the property. With a condo, you are in essence having an extra layer on top of whatever the legalities in the municipality are. Because the condo community could say, hey, we're not going to allow you to rent the property, or you can't do Airbnb here, or you can only rent it once or twice, or you have to own it for a certain period of time until you rent it. There's so many variations on what could happen in a condo community, or you can't move during certain days or times, or you can't play this during certain days or times because you disturb your neighbors, or you're not allowed to do this on your balcony because it could cause problems for the balcony below you. So condo ownership is not for everyone. Um, And and I want to reiterate that condo ownership is not for everyone. If you've owned condos before and it's worked out for you, great. If you haven't, make sure you do your due diligence. Make sure you look into the condo bylaws, the condo documents, the rules and regulations. Actually review the rules and regulations so you know what you're signing up for and understand who the people are making those decisions. Because again, I have seen 
condo associations make decisions on behalf of the members of the con of the condo community that are realistically self-serving for the members of the board because it's what they want or what they think. Things like we're going to stop allowing rentals or we're going to not allow Airbnb or we're going to require these certain things that now have a financial ramification, a negative financial ramification. If there's any testament to people making business decisions that aren't business people, look at our government, okay? If you put people that are not business people into decision-making places in our government, it causes problems because they don't understand the ramifications of the choices they make. Condo communities operate in a smaller way in that they're making decisions that affect your asset in that unit that could affect the value, that could drop the value, and of course, could help the value. So you want to make sure you, you understand what's happening in that condo community. So again, Condo ownership, not for everyone, but we have seen it backfire for consumers that didn't understand what they were getting into, and then months later, they want out of it, or they want to sell it, or a year later, they're unhappy because they didn't do their due diligence, they didn't understand what they were buying into. So it is a more complex purchase than purchasing a single-family home in a non-HOA community. The layer in between single-family ownership and a non-HOA and a condo itself is owning in an HOA community because a lot of single family home or townhome communities that have HOAs have some of the same kinds of things, just not to the level that condos have. For example, in townhomes or villa communities that are fee simple, the association typically doesn't cover the insurance uh, on the exterior of the building. It's the homeowner's responsibility. In a condo, the association, through your maintenance and monthly fees, typically covers the insurance. If that goes lapsed, or they don't have enough coverage and there's some major catastrophe, that can also trickle down into a financial obstacle for you. So when you are buying a condo, you are also not just buying that unit, but you're buying into the faith of that community to make good business decisions. And if you buy into one that doesn't make good business decisions, you can be underinsured, a catastrophe can happen, uh, they can hire you know contractors that shouldn't be doing work, they can make regulations that end up hurting business. So hopefully that helps you make decisions if you're looking at a condo. If you are thinking about buying a condo, we'd love that opportunity to help you. Uh, guide you through that process and you can hit us up at the duncanduo.com we'll be back after a quick break uh, right here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Super excited for LPT Realty's annual conference. If you're a real estate agent, would love to see you there. I'm going to be speaking on multiple panels. I am going to be racing with Robert Palmer on the St. Pete Grand Prix track with my McLaren as long as induction performance knocks it out of the park and gets it ready, which I know they're going to because they're working on they're working on getting it race ready right now. I can't wait for it. So if you're a real estate agent, um, would love the opportunity to see you at the event. It's going to be incredible education. I'm going to be uh, talking about stuff that I've done in marketing and team building. You do not have to be an LPT Realty agent to attend. It's on Tuesday, March 5th and 6th. Uh, our team will have a booth within the conference, but it is an educational event. It is not an LPT-only event. Uh, an incredible opportunity to learn from some top-producing real estate agents and team leaders from across the country. So if you are uh, a local agent, you should attend. Uh, and again, you do not have to be with LPT if you wish to attend the St. Pete Grand Prix Conference. And if you are a local agent and you want to go, shoot me a DM. Uh, would ha we'll, we'll be happy to uh, to hook you up and see if I can get you any discounts or get you in. Uh, again, just send me a DM on any of our social channels 
and uh, we'll reach out and see if we can help you. So, uh, yeah, super excited for the event. And one of the things that I did when I was building my career was I would go to every event that I possibly could most economically. And some real estate conference, when you're an agent in Tampa, become cost prohibitive. You know, my prior company had conferences in Vegas every year. And going to it was a challenge because not only did I have to pay for the flight to get there and pay for the hotels, but I also had to fly a day before and a day after because of how long it took to fly to Vegas. And then when they would do them in California, it was the same thing. So this is a national real estate brokerage having an event in your backyard. And even if you have zero interest in joining LPT, go get the education, learn, and it will be very economically feasible for you to do so because you can sleep in your own bed every night. You don't have to fly. You don't have to take days off to travel. Uh, so I'm a big proponent of local agents that want to learn and grow uh, and build going to the event. So homeowners are staying in their homes longer. Um, a, a new report came out that found homeowners are staying in their homes twice as long as they did in 2005, driven largely by older Americans. And baby boomers and Gen Xers, more than any other generations, are staying in their homes up to 20 years, far exceeding the typical 11.9 years most U.S homeowners occupy their residences. So I found that interesting too, because again, the 12 years is the average, but in different demographics, it it varies. So uh, 40% of baby boomers have lived in the home they currently own for at least 20 years, another 16% for 10 to 19 years, and more than one third of Gen Xers have lived in the home that they currently own for at least 10 years. So what is it that's causing this? Um, less than seven millennial, that less than seven percent of millennials have lived in the home they currently own for a decade or longer. Well, part of that is because, you know, they they weren't old enough to own a home, uh, uh, you know, to own it longer. Thirteen percent for five to nine years, and thirty percent for less than five years. It's it's no secret that a, a growing family and a younger person is more likely to move more regularly because you know they introduce, they get married, they have kids. Those are things that obviously cause. Uh, people to move. And as people age, they're a little less likely to do that. So the American population is aging. Roughly 17% of people in the U.S. were 65 or older as of 2020, which is up from 13% in 2010. Older Americans are the most likely to own homes. Nearly 80% of baby boomers and 72% of Gen Xers own their home compared to 55% of millennials and 26% of Gen Z. Again, they have more wealth. They have more money. They've earned money for longer. They've they th th that's There's no secret as to why that happens. Um, but the 11.9-year average American homeowners spend in their home is up from 6.5 years two decades ago. I remember when I got into the real estate industry, and I've even recently said this statistic that is incorrect. You know, people move every seven years. Well, when I got into the business, in 2005, that was the case. Today, people are staying in their homes longer. So let's talk about why. First off, interest rates. We've talked about interest rates a lot on the show, but all baby boomers with mortgages have a much, nearly all baby boomers have a much lower rate than if they sold and bought with today's, you know, 6%, 7% interest rates. So they're, they don't want to trade their two or three or 4% interest rate for a 7% interest rate. So they stay put. Um, and again, a lot of people are predicting rates are going to drop some. As they drop, prices go up. I, I think it's a flaw for a lot of that audience to keep waiting because I think they want to get in front of that rate drop. When rates start dropping, then prices are going to rise pretty astronomically. So you do, you transact now, get in front of that, and then obviously uh, you win with refinance. Also, some states have a tax system 
that make it financially beneficial for people to stay in their homes as they get older. Florida is one of those. We have what's called a homestead exemption. And your homestead exemption gives you a $50,000 reduction. Technically, it's 25 full reduction and 25 on everything but the school tax, but they advertise as 50,000. You know, I won't go into detail about that, but it's not quite 50,000. But they have a reduction in your assessed value, okay? And your taxes when your homestead can only go up 3% per year. So a lot of people that have been in their home a while, they look at it and say, okay, I only pay a few thousand dollars in property taxes. If I go out and buy another property, uh, a more expensive property, my property taxes are going to rise. Now, Florida did portability, um, which allows people to take uh, their their tax basis with them so their taxes don't rise as astronomically. Here's what portability does. Let's just say you own a million-dollar home, okay, and you have a homestead exemption on it, and you want to go and buy a $2 million home. What ends up happening is what used to happen is when you would go buy your $2 million home, the $2 million home gets reassessed, and now you have taxes on a $2 million purchase. What they say is if you go from a million dollar home, and again, I'm I'm keeping the math basic to not confuse you, but what they're saying is if you have a million dollar home and you're paying like, let's just say five grand in taxes when it would normally be much more because you've been in it a while, and you go buy the $2 million home, they're going to keep your five grand on that first million, and then they're going to reassess you and tax you at the millage rate on the second million. Okay, Again, assessments aren't foolproof and perfect, but that's the premise behind it is that you're not paying extra tax on the home value you already have. You get to take that with you. So portability does help with some of that, but it is still an obstacle for people when they look at a tax on a higher priced property is going to uh, be more expensive. Many older Americans also prefer living in their family home rather than moving to a different house or entering an assisted living facility. Um, again, um, the, there's a stigma associated with this. I dealt with this with my parents. Um, you know, going into an assisted living facility for some people, they feel like it's kind of the, you know, the the next step to you know stairway to heaven. They don't they don't want to step into that place. I think COVID definitely. Uh, had an impact on this because people that did go into nursing homes during COVID couldn't have visitors, couldn't have people come by. So it's it's caused older Americans to say, I don't want to you know, go into a nursing home and then have COVID show up again and then be able to have no visitors. My family can't come see me. So I think that uh, that's kept some older Americans in place as well. Fear of going through that op- obstacle again. And then last but not least, it was cheap and easy to move in the 2000s because of larger inventory and looser mortgage lending standards and, of course, relatively low interest rates. But interestingly, um, we talk about interest rates a lot more today than we did back then because back in the early 2000s, interest rates weren't that much different than they are right now. The The difference is, is that we got spoiled by 2 and 3% interest rates, and now that's the baseline for everybody. In 2000, people were moving in a robust fashion with 6 and 7% interest rates. So the reality is, is that pr- present-day interest rates are not what's causing it. It's comparison. And I've always believed that comparison is the thief of joy. The comparison to what was available for interest rates a couple of years ago and how unfortunately spoiled we are as Americans. We get something and then we want to keep it forever. And unfortunately, it doesn't always work that way. So interest rates were in the twos and the threes, and now everyone wants to go back to that. Okay, They missed out. They didn't take advantage of it. They want that to happen again. 
But in reality, six to seven percent, which is where we are now, has been a historically, you know, historically average interest rate. It's not high. It's high only compared to the fantasy land that we had a few years ago. So the the interest rates where we're at today isn't the obstacle. The obstacle is the comparison to the interest rate that we had a couple of years ago and people wanting that to return. And maybe it does return or maybe it gets closer. Maybe we get stuff into the fives. But, you know, the likelihood of us seeing two or three percent is not uh, happening anytime soon. So the reality is that that movement from people, that cheap and easy move in the early 2000s is a bit of a myth because the loan costs and the interest rates were, um, you know, very comparable back then to what they are now. So interest rates are certainly having an impact, but it's more of an impact as it relates to people's perception. Uh, and of course, prices have risen uh, from the early 2000s, of course. So that's definitely had an impact. So those are the reasons why um, more Americans are staying put in their home and staying longer. Um, hopefully that's been helpful for you. And if you are one of those people that is staying in your home longer, I would caution you to um, not wait until interest rates are low, but wait until it starts to look like they're going to drop. And I think we're on the precipice of that now. So if you want to take advantage of the market, you buy before the prices start rising. I've always believed that when you make money on real estate is on your buy. It's not on what your interest rate is. It's not on what you sell it for. It's what you buy it at. And if we know that interest rates are going to drop, and we know that when they do, prices are going to rise. There's not been a better time to buy and take advantage of that. We're not going to see a uh, residential real estate has a protective bubble over it with forbearance and, and all the things in place. We are not going to see a massive drop in values. We are not going to see that in residential real estate. It's just not coming. So if you're waiting for that, you are going to wait past the opportunity to buy, and you're going to lose a lot of equity and a lot of money. The smart buyers are looking at buying now before the – um, you know, the the election cycle drives interest rates down, and then hopefully the next presidential candidate can help facilitate an improvement in the economy to get them down even more. And by then, prices will go up, homes will be more expensive, and it'll be more competitive, and you can always refinance. You're not marrying the rate, you're dating the rate. The rate is temporary, it can be changed. Um, and, and again, it's why I think a lot of people that are smart right now are looking to buy. So we're going to continue this conversation, uh, after a quick break. Again, when we aren't on air at the Dunkin' Duo, follow us for all of your real estate advice and needs on all the social channels. And if you're thinking about selling your home and maybe you're thinking six months from now, you're not really sure what you want to do. You can go get a free home value estimate at DuncanDuo.com. We'll shoot out a value report to you so you can see what's happening in your neighborhood. You can see what's happening with value. You can know what your neighbors are doing with their homes. And in addition to that, we have the human element where one of our agents will reach out to you. And as a value-added service, our agents, when they reach out to you, are willing to come to your home pressure-free at no cost and walk through the property and help you understand what you need to do to maximize your value in your property and expedite the sale, the things that you need to take care of. A lot of people get this wrong. They overspend on renovation. They do the wrong things. They watch TV and they trust TV because TV is meant to get you to watch, not meant to give you great advice. Okay. So if you want that advice, just go to DuncanDuo.com, fill out your free home value estimate. We'll reach out to you. We'll do a consultation. We'll walk through the house and we'll help you understand what you need to do to get the most money of your home out of your home, whether you're selling it next week 
or whether you're selling it a year from now or two years from now. So again, DuncanDuo.com. We'll be back after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. When we aren't on air again, follow us on all of our socials at the Duncan Duo. I want to talk to everyone out there right now that invests in real estate in other parts of the country and has had a bad experience with a real estate agent. Look, I know that real estate agents that are a dime a a dozen, everyone's got a license, but one of the services that we offer at our company is that if you're looking to buy or sell real estate anywhere in the world, we know the best agents in every market. We've gone to the conferences. We've done the masterminds. We know who the top teams and top companies are. And you know what? It's not the same company in every part of the country or every area. So if you're thinking about buying or selling real estate somewhere else in the country and you want a referral to an agent, slide into our DMs, hit the comments, let us know, and we'd love the opportunity to help you. Because again, we're advisors. And through the years, I've built these relationships going to events and learning from some of these agents and learning some of the unique things that they do in their markets. Every real estate market is different. I will get clients call and ask me and say, hey, what do you think about real estate in LA? Or hey, what do you think about real estate in New York? Well, I mean, I have my own opinions about New York. I could go on all day about that. That's why half of them are moving here. But the reality is if somebody's thinking about buying or selling real estate in that area and I want to advise them and give them the right person to help them make a good decision. So we've had great success. I, you know, We just refer to Detroit Lions coach to a, to a friend in Detroit that's helping them look to, to purchase a property. We get requests all over the country all the time from clients who are moving. And we've had bad experiences with agents just like you have. We've made the mistake of referring to the wrong agent and then having it backfire and having our client be unhappy. So we've been able to kind of, through 20 years of experience and guidance with our clients, figure out the right agents to refer them to. And that goes for commercial real estate too. Just had a client reach out about a commercial building in the Midwest that they were looking at buying and they wanted an agent recommendation. I was able to refer them and connect them with somebody that was going to give them great advice and help them with their purchase. So if you are someone that um, is looking at buying or selling real estate somewhere else and you want a referral to an agent in that market, you want a second opinion, Um, We're more than glad to put you in touch with someone uh, that we've worked with, that we've referred clients to, that we have a relationship with, that we know runs a great business. Um, You know, better golfers become better by being around other good golfers, right? I've heard that quote before. I don't golf, but I do play basketball. And I know when you play with better basketball players, you get better. And as I've toured around the country going to different events and learned from other agents and learned from other great agents, I have learned the intricacies and the strengths of their businesses. So, you know, who I might refer you to for a luxury home sale in St. Louis may be completely different than a starter condo or who I refer you to, um, you know, like I mentioned in L.A. or New York or Miami may be completely different depending on the type of product that you're looking to buy or sell. So if you want a recommendation, if you want a second opinion, uh, again, you can go on our social channels. You can message us at theduncanduo.com. You can just let us know where you're looking to buy or sell, and we will reach out and help understand your needs and find an agent to to help you. Um, we're still recruiting agents and growing at the Duncan Duo team. Um, in addition to helping LPT Realty grow, if you're a real estate agent, that is unhappy where they're at with the tools or with what they pay. We have different plans and different paths, and we'd love to help you do that. You can head up jointheduo.com for our uh, our monthly career night. We're also going to put a link on there where we do an LPT rally once a month as well for agents who don't have interest in working on the Duncan Duo team, but maybe they have their own vision of building their own team within LPT Realty. So we have a monthly in-person rally that we do at my office that – 
um, is meant to help you uh, grow and learn and learn about the LPT opportunity. So if you're a real estate agent looking for a change, again, we'd love the opportunity to talk to you. And again, you can shoot us a DM. You can go to jointheduo.com. We'll respond uh, pretty much anywhere that you want. I, I, I'll, I have a couple minutes left, and I want to get to one last comment for our audience. I was scrolling through the channels this weekend, and yes, I still have cable. I'm one of the rare few that isn't just on streaming, okay? And I turn on The Terminator, the Terminator movie from the 80s with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And AI was is taking over the world. And so it just kind of made me take a step back and say, hey, is this art imitating life here because of all the stuff that AI and robotics is doing? Is this where we're headed? It was a little spooky for a second, but as I took a step back, I realized how much technology is impacting real estate sales and how much AI needs to be integrated in order to help better serve our clients, our, our home sellers, and our home buyers. So if you've been averse to AI or if you've not paid attention to what it's doing, it can have a massive impact on the success of the agent you hire and on the sale of your property or the purchase of your property. So we are in a changing world where AI is going to replace uh, a lot of the things we do manually today. And, um, you know, hopefully Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't show up and start killing people or hunt hunt anyone down. Um, but nonetheless, AI is changing the game when it comes to real estate and, and some of the movies that, you know, were back then we thought were super futuristic and that's never going to happen. Some of that is starting to happen now. Some of that is starting to look like reality. So um, you need to embrace AI. You need to learn about it. And certainly you need to institute it into your business, into your home search and into the sale of your home. And we are prepared to do that. We're on the cutting edge of it. We're always learning new tools at the Duncan Duo to be able to better serve our clients. So thank you so much for tuning in and have an awesome rest of your weekend, Tampa Bay.